The Spanish Announce Table. Hey, bitch ass. It is episode 330 dose of the Spanish Announce Table. That's Tom over there. I'm Tim. Uh, how the hell are you, man? Tim, I'm doing well. We're starting the see the starting of summer so i'm getting excited for the warm weather and uh you know nice weather to go outside for some long walks work out outside do some runs uh have some fun outside you know been cooped up in this house for the last 16 months i'm excited to get back out there how about you tim how are you same as man uh, you know same as i've been getting outside doing some of the gardening some of the uh grounds maintenance if you will uh, you know, man stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Come on. Say, right? Um, and then watching a lot of wrestling. Got a birthday coming up, which I hear, uh, pray tell, Tom is going to be hanging out. I get to see my friend. I, I get to I see am. my friend. I get, uh, we're going to go real? see a comedy show. Not, That'll be fun. Not that we're not in the same room right now, as you can clearly see, um, but uh-huh. it'll be nice to see us in the same room again, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tom. So, then let's talk about it, right? We are an AEW-centric sh- or centered show, first and foremost, because it's the fun show. It's the best honest. show. Yeah. I tell you what, I got a shirt today of an AEW just gray and black like workout shirt, and they gave me a mystery shirt with it, and I got an I Love AEW shirt that looks like the I Love New York, and guess what? I'm going to wear it, because right now, I love AEW. And let's talk about it. AEW Dynamite was last night, and they kicked off with a non-AEW match, which was fine. It was the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship title match. Champion John Moxley with Eddie Kingston taking on Blue Justice Yuji Nagata. And I tell you what, right from the jump, we got a lot of headlines here. First off, as mentioned, this is not an AEW match. It was a New Japan Pro Wrestling match, an IWGP United States Heavyweight title match. And then on top of that, before we get into, even get into the ring, uh, we see John Moxley walking out to a new song, Wild Thing, a licensed song that you might remember from your oldie station, wherever you are located. Uh, what do you think, first off, of John Moxley walking out to what we think, maybe, I have my own thoughts, of uh, Wild Thing? Um, that was neat. It was... It's, it. I guess I just, you know, I guess he's used that before, right? I, maybe I like. I, I don't know, honestly. Yeah, I have no yeah. idea, but I like it. It's unique. I'll give it that. It's not. It wasn't what I expected, and I, I don't think I'm used to the soundtrack of seeing John Moxley slash Dean Ambrose to that style of music. But it fits. If we have a Ricky Vaughn, right? Is that right? Is Ricky mm-hmm. Vaughn of yeah. wrestling? It's John Moxley, right? Yeah. What I think here, though is that we're going to see, and this is, again, just spitballing hypotheticals, my own uh, two cents here. I think we're going to see Wild Thing be Jon Moxley when he is representing AEW in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I think we're still going to use his music when he has an AEW match, right? If it's uh, Jon Moxley versus Matt Jackson in a one-on-one match, I think we're going back to it. Now, I could be wrong because... Obviously, Tony Khan is investing some money in some licensed music as Jungle Boy has his own licensed song. And obviously, uh, Orange Cassidy has the Pixies. I guess that's the best friends as well. Uh, But they have the Pixies as well. Um, So we could be seeing that. But I just think it would be cool if you have Wild Thing for Jon Moxley representing him in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And then you have uh, 
his own song in AEW, and those those are the two things. Because uh, to that point, when he hits his finisher in New Japan Pro Wrestling, that's the Death Rider. And when he hits that same move in AEW, it's the Paradigm Shift. So I like this idea of like separating one person into two different identities. Yeah, the uh, Forbidden Door, right? We get this kind of it's. It's more of the universes, right? We're jumping through wormholes, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like this match. Um, it got uh, stiff at times, it seemed, and, and I, I didn't mind that. So, um, gosh, I, I, I like that AEW does something different a lot, right? Like, they don't open the show the same way every time. They don't end the show the same way every time. Things are yeah. are spaced around, you know? Yeah, and one fun stat that I saw uh, as a little bit of a foreshadowing here, uh, fun stat after Miro versus um, Darby Allen took place, that is the 41st different wrestler to main event an AEW Dynamite this year. Yeah, I saw that stat. That's nuts. That is crazy. So let's talk about it. It was Yuji Nagata versus John Moxley. As you said, it was hard hitting. It would start it off with just kicks and punches to the face and knees. And it was fantastic. Uh, I did like that. There was no um, outside shenanigans with this. Cause you could have easily had the young bucks get involved or uh, Yuji Nagata was uh, accompanied by someone. Uh, you could have easily saw that guy who I don't know who that is. I apologize. And Eddie Kingston, you know, fighting it out on the outside. Uh, But they had some, it it had a good feel to it because you saw Rocky Romero, who represents New Japan Pro Wrestling, in the crowd watching. You also had Lance Archer, who was the United States champion before John Moxley. John Moxley beat Lance Archer to become the United States heavyweight champion. He's also watching this match. So I like that this is a, you know, uh, when they say that a match pops the boys in the back and the, it's one of those curtain main events, I think is what they call it, when everyone from the back is up at the curtain watching the the match. That felt like it, but it was kicking off the show. So it was really cool. We did see John Moxley get the win and then immediately go right into like, hey, respect Yuji Nagata. Like, that was a good fight. I appreciate your effort. You know, I came out as the victor, but like, we're good here. Uh, so it was cool to see him just not brush Yuji Nagata to the side and be like, well, that was that was that match. I'm out of here. He paid his respects. Uh, so I like that touch as well. Yeah, I again, I, I like the brutality of it. I like the – you're right. It was an old-school wrestling match, if you will, mm-hmm. right? They There wasn't a whole lot of bells and whistles to that, but there was a whole lot of, of just sweat and, and just – slapping meat if you will mm-hmm. I, I oh yeah i mean I, I yeah they I, weren't big guys i mean they are big guys but in wrestling they're not the big guys like the right. biggies and you know that stuff but they were slapping meat they were slapping Tell meat and going at it and uh I, you can't ask for much more than that especially to kick off a show when you already got things playing where you're like this show's gonna be good for them to like start it off with something that you kind of weren't even really i mean I, we knew it was gonna happen but i don't think you were like this is how we're gonna kick it off so it was fun yeah, it was definitely interesting to start it off with a non-AEW match, and I liked it because, to your point, this felt like a bigger episode because we got hit right in the face with something different. So let's move on. After this match, we get a backstage promo from the Inner Circle, but it's not the full Inner Circle. We only had Ortiz, Jake Hager, and Sammy Guevara. Uh, the other two members, one was in jail, and Jericho obviously fell from the top of the cage, so he was uh, incapacitated. And the inner circle says, hey, you didn't kill us. You're going to have to kill us. We want a rematch. Give us our match. And this was cool because I liked 
that it wasn't Jericho in a promo spot representing the inner circle. It was the opportunity to give Ortiz and Sammy Guevara more mic time. Now, Jake Hager, eh, we can keep him quiet. He's still a little bit of a mumble mouth. And, you know, as longtime listeners of this podcast knows, so can I be, as I just said that there. Uh, but I'm less Jake Hager, more Sammy Guevara, more Ortiz. I like that. That was a, a good way to get Inner Circle back in the mix on Dynamite. What would you think? Yes, I it, I like that they didn't just kind of punt and, and make them go away for a week, you know, just because mm-hmm. some folks can't be there. I do like that. Uh, well, you know what? He's arrested because he stabbed a guy with a fork. You know what I mean? Like, why not? Why, any any explanation is good enough, right? And why not make it an interesting, unique one, right? So, yeah. yeah and I like that because, you know, uh, again, longtime listeners, and if you're a new time listener, <laughs> uh, to, to let you know. <laughs> so sorry uh, in advance. Yeah, no. But let, to let you know, like, we don't really get into the dirt sheets here. We're not like, well, what happened to Santana is that there was a family member ill. So he flew back to New York. Like, yeah, we're in the storyline here, right? He took a fork to someone's head. He shouldn't be on next week's episode. That would make sense. If you take a fork to someone's head in 2021 in a match that doesn't involve Nick Gage, that that guy would go to jail. So I liked it. It was really cool uh, spot, but let's uh, move on to one of the more controversial moments of aw dynamite from last night we get into the american nightmare Mm. cody rhodes and his promo where he's announcing who he will be taking on at double or nothing on sunday night may 30th yeah uh that's what this yeah so let's get into this uh uh, wait a minute it says here i'm reading from my notes sunday night may 30th i thought may 30th was a saturday is that anyhow we don't fact check here whatever 17th is a monday sure I don't know numbers. Uh, if anybody would hey. like to send any uh, oh, any donations yes, on that day for any reason to PayPal, tableshow at gmail.com, or it's on SpanishAnnounceTable.net. There's a link uh, to donate, you know, in case you want to send any birthday. Somebody's having a birthday, either Tim or Tom, but we'll both be in the same room together. I can tell you what, it's not my birthday. So let's get back into this. Cody Rhodes announces his opponent. Uh, the opponent wasn't much... Uh, mystery around, right? We kind of knew it was going to be Anthony Agogo, especially last week when Anthony Agogo gives him the good old how's your father and then drapes him in the uh, England flag. Uh, so we get to this week. Cody, though, goes 1980s pro wrestling. I, I'm okay with that, right? Because AEW has yet to do the America's Great kind of storyline. Well, there's so, also a family lineage that he, you know, right? part of what we're going to talk about here, but yeah. Yeah. So the start of it, though, to me, was a bit long-winded. I liked what he said at the end. I felt like we could have got to that a little bit quicker, uh, with his talking about uh, what makes us good as a conversation, or you know, we have disagreements, but we can still come to the table. We got this and this and this. That you know, felt like we we're said, running for office. Yeah. What he? Well, I think he's mentioned that he would like to um, at some point now. The thing that, like, that aspect of it, anybody who knows me knows that I I could talk for hours about his mm-hmm. front half of this, and the only thing I'll say about that is I think we should stray from saying the argument is the thing that makes us great. Like, I know what you were trying to say there, but what you said was that we have this argument. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. No, I, that sure ain't what makes us great. So, but anyway, back into the wrestling side of it. Yeah, I will say though, credit to Cody for giving a promo, and I I, I made fun of this on our uh, Twitter page while we were live tweeting at Table Show on Twitter. Uh, he was using a lot of big words that hurt my brain. Sometimes, you know, look, I'm a wrestling fan. I don't need a, the, you know, uh, what what do he say here? Pontificate or something like yeah, that. Use that like word, that. I think. Uh, you know, division of anger and all this other. Hey, man, I'm a wrestling fan. I worked eight hard hours trying to fix some support issues. I need you to just tell me that America's great and England sucks. Get right. to the point, pal. Yeah. <laughs> Which he did again. He did get to that point, and I like where he went with the like. All right, one night only. It's the American dream. Because again, we're now. Yeah, let's this. get into right. that part. Yeah. I like that he's, you know, when's the Anthony Agogo thing? He had mentioned that he's going to have a, uh, a baby girl, which was good because then he got really emotional. That got you pulled back in, at least for me, because before that I was starting to check my phone, look at other things, and then he brought in the child uh, talk, and then that got me, you know, wow, okay, he's showing some real emotion. Let me get back invested in this. And then he took it home with, though, for one night only, I'm not the American nightmare, I'm the American dream. I like that he said only – Two people can do this, me and my brother. And I just thought that was perfect because it's not a thing where, you know, if John Moxley represents America in a America versus the World Cup or whatever it would be, he can't be the American dream. There's only two people that can do it. It's Dusty, uh, Dustin and it's Cody. So I liked how he pointed that out too. Uh, and it was really cool. I liked the finish. He brought it home really well. The American dream, Cody Rhodes at double or nothing, will be taking on Anthony Agogo. And credit to Anthony Agogo for just being put in this spot they obviously have something invested in him because this is a big spot for two reasons one it's a pay-per-view match double or nothing and two this is something special where he is changing his gimmick cody that is from the american nightmare to the american dream now my question to you is do we see the polka dots do you think we see some you know leggings with the polka dots and some homage to uh dusty roads or do we just say hey i'm cody and i'm just walking out here what do you think or do you think he does the american flag gimmick i think he may it probably go more of like it would probably be like jeans and maybe boots a la like the hard times promo mm -hmm. look mm -hmm. more so than the polka dots maybe you might see a polka dot maybe right maybe but i don't know I think he did, like, if our memory serves me correct, there was a WWE promo in the back where he kind of ran them down. Yeah, that's on, true. That is true. I mean, choices, but he is known so. for that. Dusty Rhodes, that is. Dusty Rhodes is known for the polka dots, for better or for worse. But I agree uh, with you. He did mention that, so maybe we don't see it. Uh, I, I do want to talk to the listeners here real quick. I, I want to hashtag tweet the table from any of our international listeners, you know, Pro wrestling is an American-based uh, conglomerate over here, right? We've got WWE and all these different s spots of entertainment, but they are the forefront of what pro wrestling is. Now the number two show is also from America and AEW, and we're going again with this America first kind of promo. How do you guys receive that? I want to know what you guys hear when we get you know from the 1980s obviously into 2021 of america is where you have the american dream isn't that great so that's my challenge to the listeners give me a hashtag tweet the table or you can send an email to tableshow at gmail.com and let me know how that hits your ear because for me 
I've heard it a million times, but I'm kind of like, can we just not care where we're from? And again, we have a podcast episode way back in the archives where we talk about, we don't care where people are from, but we won't go down that road for tonight. Uh, so let's just move on. We get an AEW world tag team title match mm. where the young bucks, the champs take on SCU. And it's not only a tag team title match. If SCU loses, they have to break up. Yeah. Tim, what'd you think of this match? Um, uh, I just don't like a young bucks match. I'm just like, I don't. So we got into it today on Twitter. I did specifically with folks from our account, you know, on the young bucks and you can go Mm -hmm. check out the Twitter at table show, uh, for that. But you know, it hits me like, even when everybody talks about their great moves and what, like, when I figured it out, what they really mean when all the veterans and old timers would say, slow it down, right? It's not that it's like, it's going too fast. I can't watch it. It's that like, you guys are going too fast that you're out of sync with each other. And that's where you get young buck throws Daniels into the ropes, stops, is bent over for five seconds, looking down at the mat before Daniels can get there and give him the old curb stomp or whatever it is. And everybody goes, like you weren't nobody hit you in the stomach like nobody like it's because you guys aren't synced up because you're just going too fast at that point like it doesn't it looks like i'm watching a circus act uh you know what i mean like and i've seen better circus acts i've seen stuff at branson missouri that was better than that so it's just i don't know it's just not my bag man i don't know yeah i i thought it was fine i thought it was a fun match i will say that there was a lot of uh fun spots where for example you know, uh, one of the young bucks, I can't remember who it was, powerbombed Daniels into the uh, apron of the ring. 50-year-old taking a powerbomb in the hardest spot in the in the ring. That's pretty, you know, cruel uh, to show you the stakes that this match had. There were some good false finishes where I thought maybe the uh, SCU is going to win the titles. I thought potentially they were going to go a different route. But the young bucks win. Uh, I will say from the young bucks young bucks perspective the 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 spot where and maybe it was meant to do this but the matt jackson mockingly say i i'm sorry i love you and then do the super kick that's the definition of what i'm just so exhausted with with w or with the w with the young bucks it's you can't even do like your own heat you have to take someone else's heat and apply it to yourself because that, that's not your moment and i get it right that, that's what the it's for if they were baby faces and they did that we'd say like what the fuck was that but they're trying to get heat and i get it but it's just the definition of just unoriginal uninspired hey aren't we cool because we did the thing that you remember over there and it's just more of my, my biggest beef with the young bucks now and to your point when you're talking about the moves and waiting and stuff like that I can somewhat excuse that because for some people, they do love that. I like more brawling, you know, British strong style type of matches. Some people like Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks style. And to each his own, pro wrestling is big enough to where we can all enjoy a certain aspect of pro wrestling. But the part I do not like specifically about the Young Bucks is, and I got into it a little bit uh, last night on Twitter, is the cosplaying from the Young Bucks. And what I mean by that is, 
uh, I clarified a couple of times so you can read the, uh, uh, Twitter timeline there, but, uh, they're obviously, they obviously can wrestle. I'm not saying that they're fake wrestlers. They are fine wrestlers. And again, if you like that style credit to you, awesome. You know, uh, uh, there's people in WWE that do, do a similar style, a little bit better. And, and then they they make a successful career. So fine. But what I cannot stand is that it's just, you can't just do like, Hey, I need heat. You know, it'd be funny that it's like, no, come up with your own thing. No, no, no. I'm just going to grab bag. I'm just going to go into a hat and grab what other people have done and then tell you it's cool. So I'm going to do the too sweet. I'm going to do the, I'm sorry. I love you. I'm going to do the, uh, stand awkwardly at the TV because we're making fun of WWE. It's you're punching up a little bit too much young bucks. And it was cool on the independence for some people and I could excuse it, but now you're the second biggest promotion in the world. You got to fucking stop the shit. Cause it makes you look stupid. Especially when you're terrible at it, like the overdone, the like, like god damn man you're going full five-year-old on it like it's just so lowbrow that's the thing there's nothing i've got to think about there's nothing i've got to be nothing 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 i people who tell me that the young bucks are great and it's because it's like all their moves and they don't seem to care about the storylines literally all i hear is that you must just be watching like this Wow, <laughs> like a fucking circus act. Like I keep saying, like it's high flying trapeze artists, I guess. Well, they do that better at Cirque du Soleil. Go watch that. I just don't understand. It's weird to me. Yeah, so let's get know. into the very end. So uh, SCU is no longer a tag team. Uh, so a little bit of controversy here from some members uh, that I, the IWC that I saw on Twitter is uh, Jim Ross says one of the greatest tag teams here in AEW are no more and they get a quick hug, but we go right to backstage. John Moxley, Eddie Kingston are just fucking making a ruckus of the elite's locker room. But did you think SCU should have got a little bit more TV time to embrace and say their goodbyes as a tag team? I mean, I I think that'll come, right? They may say something next week, uh, you know. Um, Where do you think both guys go? What, what what would you do with these guys if you if you had the pencil, as they say? I don't know. I wouldn't have done this. I don't really? Think I, I, yeah, because I just – look, I don't think I'm doing anything with either guy that isn't like – what I'm going to use them to like get somebody else over maybe, you know, like I, I don't, I don't foresee them TNT champion, Frankie Kazarian or Christopher Daniels goes on a world title run. Like I just don't see either of those things happening. So I probably would have stuck with the tag team because I feel like they can go in with anybody and it's good fodder in a tag team run. And you know what I mean? Like they're good on the mic and, and part of their stick is their charisma together. So I would have left it maybe. So now, gosh, now I, I think you can do a Daniels, tr you know, mentors, you know, tries to mentor somebody, maybe willingly or not, but that feels mm -hmm. kind of Matt Hardy-ish. So yeah. I don't know. You I got agree. some ideas? You got some fresh ideas? So if we're breaking kayfabe here for a second, what I would do is Christopher Daniels, like I mentioned, is 50 years old. So I might move him to a backstage role, maybe helping some of the younger women wrestlers, almost like a Fit Finley, where he can say, hey, uh, Anna J, you've only been doing this for a year. 
Let me show you some things. And then with Kazarian, if he's happy with this, I would make him almost the AEW Dark Ambassador, where to get to Dynamite, he's the last boss on Dark and Dark Elevation, where he's going with the Lee Johnsons, he's going with the JD Drakes, and then once you know they can create some steam behind those other guys they get pushed and then Kazarian's still hanging out there and again he can always jump back to dynamite and do a one-off with Christian Cage again or do a one-off with uh Brian Cage if they want to make him babyface. uh so I think they could do that with them one thing also that I wanted to point out before we move on about SEU uh that I hope they bring up is you know SEU broke up here but we got introduced in AEW as SCU is Daniels, Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky. And I still don't know why we have just decided not to tell anyone why Scorpio Sky left SCU. Well, I, I'm, yeah. and that's what I'm saying. Hopefully next week we can get some type of backstage segment where Scorpio Sky runs into the two of them. And is like, see, that's why I left you losers. And then like something to that because the first tag team champions – was Scorpio Sky and Kazarian as SCU. It wasn't Daniels. And so if SCU broke up, we have to get something addressed. And they do the details really well in AEW. We have to get something addressed from Scorpio Sky, in my opinion. Yeah, so you get um, you get Scorpio Sky coming backstage uh, and, and Ethan Page is with them and they're fucking with Kaz and Daniels is there like trying not to cry in the back. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and they're like, oh, what are you going to do about it? What, what are you going to take us on in a match oh can't do that like sucks to be you and then they could be like oh hey we found this for you and then fucking finds a brass ring and they're like you know we were using his fucking hemorrhoid pillow over here since we're so old you know or whatever right like they go back and forth and then just i don't know i mean maybe that goes into like little singles matches you know for the week and then maybe we find where you know i don't know i i don't i don't want to see a, like a feud between the two guys so like i just don't no, know but what I think, you do you know? I, I think it'd be a good way to get scorpio sky and ethan page more heat cuz right now what they're doing is just attacking sting from behind and giggling about it which is fine to a certain extent but what i would yeah, do i mean it makes me giggle yeah it makes me giggle as well but what i would do here this would this is what i would uh, do for an seu official send-off where we have to do something else is i'd I'd take a little bit of what you did there but i would have ethan page by himself approach kazarian and daniels backstage he just walks up and is like man sucks to be you guys you know it's it's great to be great it must suck to suck one of those kind of promos and then you have scorpio sky like hey hey man like you don't talk to them that way you know why you don't talk to them that way? Because they can't hear you. They're old. And then Scorpio Sky just flips the script and is like, these yeah. guys are so old. How old are they? Yeah, you know, yeah. and just do all the things. And then and then they're like, Scorpio, like, what the hell? And then he does like a, a, a smush face, you know, like something where he pushes him in the face or something to that extent. And then later on in the night, we get a Kazarian versus Scorpio Sky. Ethan Page gets involved and then Scorpio Sky gets the win. Now Scorpio oh, Sky has a win so on TV. So they do something to Daniels, right? Take him out to where that's maybe Daniels goes to your backstage thing yeah. that you're talking mm-hmm. about, right? Right. And Kazarian's like, no, man, F that. Like, yeah right like you and me scorpio right and then Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like that's how that's what i hope for i just want them to address somehow because AEW does such a great job of the details where they have to tell us what happened with scorpio's guy in seu but yeah because we just went through this whole like like they're gonna break up no more but like 
but what about the third dude? What about P.S. Hayes? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what about P.S. Hayes? Uh, so let's get yeah. So anyhow, backstage, uh, Eddie Kingston, uh, John Moxley, they just beat the shit out of the room for the elite, uh, taking everything. Uh, Eddie Kingston didn't like take that. the shoes again. I know. Yeah, he should have took the shoes. Took the shoes. They keep talking about the shoes. Take take the them, shoes. Eddie. Take. They're bragging the shoes, about the shoes. Eddie. They want them shoes stolen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I hope happened. Eddie takes them. So if anyone's gonna steal the Young Bucks shoes, it needs to be Eddie Kingston. Yep. After this, though, we get Dasha interviewing Christian Cage, and oh, he is pissed. Oh, he is pissed. If you recall from last week, Taz did his Taz breakdown, and he basically talked about how Christian sucks in the ring. And so Christian, not happy about this, says, hey, I have an open contract next week. Uh, I'm challenging anyone from Team Taz. I'm also letting you know that I'm in the Casino Battle Royal at Double or Nothing. So Team Taz... Any of you punk asses want to fight? Meet me in the ring. And before he can finish, Matt Seidel walks in. And Matt Seidel says, hey, fun fact. Two things. One, I signed the contract. Suck a dick. And two, I'm also in the Casino Battle Royal. Look at my third eye. What'd you think about this? He said suck a Oh, you know, that's what he implied. Uh, so next week we get Christian Cage, Matt Seidel. Should be fun. Throwback to WWE 2009. Uh, but I thought this was a fun promo, right? It is WWE 2009, which isn't one of the best eras of WWE. So we'll see what happens there. But I mean, Christian cage cuts a good promo. I've always been a Christian cage fan, you know, like I, again, I've never been like, he's the top, top guy, but uh, he's always been one of my, like maybe personal faves, right. Of like guys that I'm like, yeah, I've never like. I'm never like, boy, that Christian thing really sucked, right? I always feel like he gives you above average to great, mm-hmm. yeah. and I like that, yeah. And I, I like his reasoning for getting in the Casino Battle Royal and not just taking on another member from Team Taz. He's saying the winner of the Casino Battle Royal gets a title shot. That's what I'm here to do. What better way to outwork everyone than to beat everyone in a Battle Royal? And I like that. I also oh. liked how uh, Christian Cage was like, oh, Matt Seidel, you're, you're in this match again. Didn't work out too well for you last time, did it? You know, alluding to when he ate shit on the top rope. Very, very good to call back. Yeah, did a Billy Kidman. Never want to do a Billy Kidman. Never want to do a Billy Kidman. So let's move on to the AEW World Championship Eliminator match. This is for the number one contender who will take on Kenny Omega at Double or Nothing. It is the number one ranked, freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy taking on the number two ranked Pac. And this is another reason why I love AEW. God, it's so much fun. Yes, um, I I love AEW for this, although I will say I am still upset that they didn't pull the Orange Cassidy trigger when they had the chance because now it's hitting where every big match we're giving Orange Cassidy, we've got to do the shtick first, right? We've got to do the hands. We've got to do the glasses. And everybody does some version of the same thing. So maybe that's where it gets a little interesting and can buy some time because everybody's got their own little way to fuck with them. But, mm-hmm. you know, well, I like how he you, fucked if, with the, yeah. I liked how Pac fucked with them in this match where he broke the glasses and, and then Orange Cassidy is like, motherfucker, I got, back I got another one. Right. But yeah. So like, I mean, the, and again, there are some unique things you can do there. Albeit, I just think if you would have capitalized, then it gives that character the opportunity to somehow evolve or grow, you know what I mean? And change up a little bit. Whereas now I don't see like, 
we're going to get Orange Cassidy back to that kind of level with this gimmick anymore because we've seen him do it now with everybody, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and as I talk about with Sheeta and Cody and some other wrestlers in AEW, there there needs to be a next chapter mm-hmm. in what their character is. Yep. So we might get that because in this match, uh, breaking kayfabe for a quick second here, looked like Orange Cassidy got legit knocked out from a sidekick from Pac. Don't know if that's true or not. Uh, but they go to a commercial break, which seemed awkward. Uh, Orange Cassidy is just laying on the outside when we come back from break. Kenny Omega hits Pac in the back of the head with the title and then says that neither guy can get up after a 10 count. So he's like, ah, guess what? Neither guy can get up. I get a night off. Tony Schiavone says, you know, that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. You got to face both guys now. Yeah. Um, which is great, but also, I mean, will he? Is Gorge Cassidy going to be cleared, or is he? You yeah, know? if that was legit, which, again, it looked to me like he legit got knocked out, uh, I would hope by that time. Let's, yeah, we for don't... example, let's not put him in a match next week. Let's yeah. save it for May 30th, right. you know? Uh, well, we don't dig into the dirt sheets, like you said, but like I do see things come across like Facebooks and stuff, and I've mm-hmm. seen some people saying that, like, yeah, he did get knocked out. Now, I, I didn't dig in to know, like, who fully, you know – Right. Who's saying what and whatnot. So, I don't know. I've got a little side story that they need to do okay. with Tony Schiavone. And I, 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 this was off a chain of tweets I was reading, but it kind of sparked the idea. And, and I, I really like this. Is Tony Schiavone, he's going out there just trying to do his job, and he keeps getting shit on. Everybody's shitting on Tony, and Tony's not going to take it at some point, and Tony's going to lead some folks out who are going to tell people, you shut your fucking mouth when you're talking to Tony. And he's going to have himself a little stable. And Tony Schiavone's going to flip the script from everybody's favorite uncle to, you give me some gut, put some fucking respect on the name. You know what I mean? I like that idea. Mm-hmm. I do like that idea. Now, I will say, he tried to be a heel for a little bit in TNA. Didn't yeah. work out very yeah. well. Yeah, but nothing worked out well in TNA. Right, nothing worked out well in <laughs> TNA. So that could be said. Uh, I think it would be fun if someone almost fought on his behalf and he just felt so... Uh, like taking back and like Baker. Shavani, I mean, that would be great. When we turn Britt Baker face, it's oh. because somebody is fucking with Shivani so hard that she finally fights for Shivani's honor. And Reba's even kind of like, "You're gonna do this with it?" And that maybe even she's like, "Fuck that!" And then she stays heel and gives Shivani another "How's your father?" Right? And then Baker's like, "Not you too!" And you know what I mean? Like we really turn her face. Book well, our shit. I'm fucking yes. Well. Let's go a little bit more fun because, again, uh, for long-time listeners, you know what we're about to do. And those new-time listeners, uh, we're going to do some fantasy booking here. Let's dig a little bit more into that. Yeah. You know who fucking gives all the shit to Tony Schiavone? It's Reba. It's Reba. And that's when, look at this. So correct me if I'm wrong because I always get it confused in my head. Her wrestling name is Rebel. But then... Britt Baker calls her Reba, correct? Or is it the other way around? Yes. I think it's Rebel. It's one of, yes, it's one of those. Yeah, I think she's Rebel. Yeah, you're but right. Then it's she, one of those. But then Britt Baker calls her Reba. Right. It's, the way, right. the or moment. The I think it's that way, though. I think you're right. <laughs> the moment we do the, the Britt Baker face turn is we do weeks of just after the interview, uh, Rebel is just like, Tony, Fucking, what was that question? Oh, I don't know. I, I thought it was a good question. Hey, ah. And then another week. doctor you're talking to. Yeah. Well, and then, like, another week, you go, like, 
she goes like, why weren't you asking about me? Like I helped her win that match last week. Oh, okay. Sorry. Next yeah. time, you know, and then you do another one. And again, it doesn't have to be week after week, like but that. we can just hit these, right? You know, she never answers your questions, right? Like, you know, she doesn't, or just like, <laughs> or just like, Hey Tony, I want you to start showing up on time for these interviews. Cause we got things to do. And you know what? Put some respect on my name. And then she kind of shoves them at the end of one of these promos. So then we do another one and Britt Baker's talking about how she's a champion and you know, we're starting to get little face hints here, but she's still doing the DMD stuff, but she goes, you know, uh, I'm a fighting champion, but one thing I'm definitely going to fight for is my friends and rebel. And that's when she actually calls her, her real name. It's not Reba. She's known she goes, it all along. Yeah. She's known it all along. And she goes, rebel. You are not going to talk to Tony that way. Oh, if you do that in the ring, everyone, because that flips the script. You just, oh, that would be oh, so Tony's great. Like, so much fun. Yeah, and Tony's, yeah, like, and Tony's, Tony's <laughs> taking it back. He's like, hey, I didn't ask for any of this. And she's like, I got you. You don't need to be treated that way. And then Rebel. And then Rebel's like, oh, you think you're that tough bitch? I've been saving your ass. And that's the whole story right there. I've always had your back and you didn't appreciate me. I'm the champ. You need to start treating people better. Waboom. Oh, that's so much fun. Let's get back to the show, though. <laughs> we had a backstage segment after this. Well, so just to uh, close the loop on that last segment, we get a triple threat at double or nothing. Pac, Kenny Omega, Orange Cassidy gonna be fun Who oh you it's got gonna be that? super well, fun we'll do, we'll do picks so yeah, maybe not really gonna win that but of course but like that's gonna be super fun that match is gonna be all over the place uh, and they're yeah. gonna do all kinds of stuff yeah i agree so after that announcement we go backstage the young bucks and the good brothers and god damn it before i get into what they talked about i said this on our twitter and I'm going to say it every fucking time until someone does something about it so aew tag teams you listen and you listen good the Good Brothers are taking your fucking TV time. I know that right here in this segment, they're with the Young Bucks, so it's not technically because it's the Young Bucks time, but still, fuck that. They're in your company. They're they're doing the, the Rick James fuck your couch where they're just stomping on your shit and not caring. So Jurassic Express, Bear Country, which I think one of them's hurt, Varsity Blondes, who will get a tag match next week against the Young Bucks. One of these fucking tag teams needs to poke the bear that is the good brothers and say you got to get the fuck out of here because this is our house hate that shit anyhow <laughs> they the young bucks cut a promo on john moxley and eddie kingston and they say hey you punk ass bitches double or nothing uh you busy because we're gonna fight you for these titles what do you think about that moxley kingston young bucks uh I'll be interested to see how this goes because I discussed how I have discussed for a Young Bucks style match. So it'll be interesting to see how these get married up because this is two of the best brawlers in wrestling in a long time mm -hmm. against the creators flips of shits. flips and shit, right? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. the creators of the the creators of the flips that became the no flips just fists you know what i mean mm -hmm. like that's it'll be interesting um i hope i'll have fun watching kingston and moxley body these fools all over the place that'll be fun for me well we get a couple weeks of a build to this match because next week we'll get the young bucks taking on the varsity blondes 
And I imagine somewhere in here we're going to get an Eddie Kingston, John Moxley stole their shoes or uh, your locker room or your trailer is now fucked. Something like that. And that's yeah, the fun It does seem to be I'm like they're to. damaging their stuff is what we're yeah. getting a theme here. So I can't, I can't They got to take the things. shoes. They've got to take the shoes. I think that's what shoes. you got to do. Because they keep on. And I will say this. For as much as the Young Bucks are so unoriginal and they fucking are and you will not convince me other because i have a fucking book of examples anyhow i will say it's kind of weird like, i've seen the actual book it's, it's yeah kinda, i have a fucking book here you don't want to yeah. yeah books over here uh got it from the library but i wrote in it in the bank i will say i do like the touch of the we got the newest shoes and we'll wrestle in them because we're fucking the young bucks what are you gonna do about it that's not bad. If they did a little bit more of that and less of poking at WWE, I think I wouldn't hate him as much. And to a credit, like when they come out and they're doing the stuff, like he's spraying them down. I, I don't want to discredit. Like I'm not saying the Young Bucks are terrible at everything they do. I'm saying I don't like their match style. I don't like their character progression, the way they present their identities. But their heel work, when being shitbag heels, when they come out to do the ring and the shtick, like – I mean, I want to boo them, so I'm going to give them credit there. Like, they know what they're doing in that regard. But I also don't think they know what they're doing that that's like that they're really super cool dudes in the back and just well, figured out how to play dorks who act like super cool guys. In the back, you know what I mean? Like, so, you know what I mean? Like, that's just why it's always turned me off. What, I, what started to get extra reason for me to hate the Young Bucks is they're a representation of all the people who seemingly want to fight me for telling them, I think, I don't know, I think they suck. Mm -hmm. And then, you know what I mean, I think it's just an extension of that at this point. But they're not terrible. They're good pro wrestlers. Yeah, they're, they're good just... pro wrestlers. But to, to for, for me, and I'll, I'll we'll jump off this Young Buck hate train here in just a second. But for me, if you're only going to be the guys that poke fun at WWE, I'm eventually going to say, like, <laughs> I'm tired of watching you. I'm just going to watch WWE now, right now. I can't because it's so hard, but that's what yeah. I would do is you're, you're making me, it almost reminds me to a certain extent of when Tony Schiavone said, Oh, Mick Foley's going to win the title over in WWE. That'll put asses in seats where if all you're doing is shitting on the other company, I'm just going to be like, well, then I'm just going to go to the other company because your shit is just lame. You're just a cosplay of what they're doing. So anyhow, Let's get into another promo. So it looks like Eddie Kingston, John Moxley, Young Bucks, double or nothing. Alex Marvez then is backstage with Hangman Adam Page and the Dark Order. And isn't it interesting that Hangman isn't necessarily too upset that he's not the number one contender? Mm -hmm. Now, uh, he gets into a little bit of a discussion or a monologue about, hey, why don't you leave Taz, Brian Cage, who beat him? Why don't, leave, why don't you leave Taz and meet me one-on-one -on -one in the ring and earn your spot? Brian Cage, if I can lose, I can accept it. For you, it's double or nothing. And then the Dark Order just lost their shit. They thought that was the coolest promo in the world. So did I. I liked how John Silver was like, did you plan that? And, that, and Hangman's like, yeah, man. I, like, yeah, be cool. Like I did. I thought. Yeah, yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. This, the the Dark Order, I think. Again, I don't want to jump back on the Young Bucks hate train, but the Dark Order, I think, is what the Young Bucks tried to do when they're babyfaces, where 
the lovable, relatable, fun-loving guys, but the Dark Order does it way better, specifically John Silver. And this right here just hit home for me. Made me love the Dark Order, made me love Hangman Adam Page, and now we get Hangman versus Brian Cage. It needs to be for the FTW Championship. I think that needs to be the stipulation. But what do you think about this uh, Hangman versus Brian Cage? Uh, yeah, Hangman versus Brian Cage. Um, we saw the Brian Cage destroys him, right? So we've got to see Hangman, right? Like impress this is, yeah, I, and get over, right? I think I think this is when we see Hangman. I, I would hope take the next step to say, all right, I got over this hurdle where I felt the pressure of being the number one contender. I lost and I didn't necessarily hate it, but now that I'm not the number one contender, I need to be the number one contender. That's the story I hope we tell with Hangman Adam Page was, hey, I got a little, I was, you know, I cracked under the pressure. I didn't like being the number one contender because I wasn't ready to face my former best friend, Kenny Omega. But when it was taken away from me, I want it back. That is my spot. I am the number one contender. And so I think we get Hangman beats up Brian Cage. And I think this is where we get some fun with powerhouse Hobbs and John silver, maybe doing a, a pose down or something outside of the ring. I think we're going to have some fun with the dark order and team Taz like doing strength. Some, yeah. I think we're going to do some test of strength stuff. I think we're going to do some, some real fun stuff. Shenanigans wise, either leading up to this match or at the match. Uh, but I'm very excited. Cause again, hangman, I think we're holding them in neutral with this team Taz feud, which is fine. Cause it's not bad. But let's get him to the moon. Okay. Now, we get the coronation of the pinnacle. And we won't go into every detail here, but MJF is wearing a crown. He's in all pink. And then they're trying to cut promos saying that they're so good. And there's honking. And a truck comes out. Jericho comes out which is fine i like that he was still selling the injury right he still had all the brace and stuff so it wasn't like he just walked out like hey everything's cool i wish we kind of didn't get jericho here and it was just yeah. the inner circle but we do the stone cold kurt angle spray the bad guys with some type of substance what'd you think of that hey, well it was the bubbly but they didn't do a good job of like explaining that. Like he had a billboard on it, but they didn't do a good job of saying they've got a. I just they I didn't don't even say it. <laughs> I don't like these moments in wrestling, and I know it was like everybody like loved the Stone Cold one. I didn't even necessarily really like that because again, the overselling job of everybody slipping and sliding is just too much for me to get over. Right? I'm like, come on, like it's one thing to get drenched and get pissed off, maybe get knocked over by a blast, but like the like. Oh my God, I don't know how to stand up all of a sudden is like, okay. And then like, also like, I know enough about like, you know, shipping and logistics to know that like, they don't have a hose on the side of the beer truck to blast beer out of it. Like it's a fucking fire hose. Right. So then I'm kind of like, well, then what they rigged this up. Right. Like, you know, like it's, it's just interesting. I, so then every time I've seen it, it's been like, well, it's, this is a copy of the original that I didn't even really think was. Yeah, you know, it was neat. But. So I so I loved the original. I thought it was crazy. I thought it was weird. I thought it was out of left field, and I thought it was original. I liked that the second time we saw it, it was against Stone Cold. That's what, what 
what made the second time with the milk truck from Kurt Angle hit well for me because it was Kurt Angle saying, like, Stunkle, remember when you used to do this? Now I'm doing it to you. I'm going to put your face in the same shit that you were putting Vince in, right? This, though, just did not warrant, I thought, any type of shenanigan move or, you know, pop that we we're going to go for. And, and my two biggest beefs with the entire show was the I'm sorry, I love you, trying to get heat from the Young Bucks, and then this little bit of the bubbly spray down because again we're trying to me don't do what they're doing don't don't even i wouldn't even poke fun or i understand acknowledging them right like if, if there's a big huge story that comes out of wwe i'm not saying like completely no sell it but what i am saying is don't remind me that there's another company out there that I could easily stop watching this and start watching that. So do your own shit. That's all I'm saying. Do your own shit. And so I didn't really love the spot, but what I did love is it pissed off MJF because MJF said he's not going to, they're not going to do a rematch, but then the the spray down happens and uh, MJF is like, Oh, ho, ho, ho. okay. Motherfuckers double or nothing. It's going to be me. It's going to be my group versus your group. We're going to do a stadium stampede match, you assholes. But if you lose, and you will, you got to break up forever. What do you think about that, Tim? I think that's what we're going to get. So that's interesting because, you know, the land of the factions, as AEW is kind of getting the uh, reputation for, we're going to have SCU break up this week, and then in two weeks have the inner circle break up. That's pretty fascinating to me. Yeah, if that's just, what happens. Yeah, I mean, there's always the, the idea, like, you know, they could not go that route. I mean, I mean, that fits, right? Because, you know, we don't always have to have happen what, like, the, if this happens. But mm -hmm. I just don't know what else you're going to do with the inner circle. You've now twice in a stadium stampede. You've now, you know, like, I just don't. A, a regrouping sometime down the road, yeah. maybe. But, like, I just don't know what you're going to do now. I've mentioned this before. I still think the stadium stampede should be the inner circle match. Now, with that being said, I think they eventually need to win one. And I know this is only the second one, but I'm saying if you're going to do a stadium stampede match and have that be your AEW branded gimmick match, I think it should be the inner circles stadium stampede match. I'm more interested in last year. We had some fun gimmick spots with Matt Hardy doing the reincarnation of three different versions of Matt Hardy. We had uh, Matt Jackson do the sunset flip from one side of the field all the way to the other. We had Hangman Adam Page come out on a horse. I don't know what we're going to do with the pinnacle for two reasons. One, I don't think any of them are really strong enough characters to have something like Hangman comes out on a horse or the super kick party from the young bucks. So I don't know what they're going to do. That's going to get them you know over need? in that match. You know what they need is MJF needs to come out instead of like having a red carpet rolled out for him. He's got to have that, whatever that style of scarf is or that he mm -hmm. wears, like whatever that mm -hmm. fat, that fabric is like that, that, that pattern has a name, right? I forget. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but like that yeah. should be like their uh, red carpet every time he goes out somewhere, but that's something even not even over the top. So that's not even a, a thing. Yeah, and so that's where I get a little bit worried is, you know, we could do a spot similar to Wardlow and Jake Hager look at, you know, 
go eye to eye from one side of the field and then the other guys on the other side of the field and they run into each other, you know, gladiator style. Well, another issue is like, so when they opened the last one, again, it's the stadium stampede. It was now he said it isn't going to be all fucking sticky and comedy, you know what I mean? So maybe they do something a little different because like those, those two teams showed up in football gear, which fit for the inner circle. And it also fit for the elite. Right. But I don't know that it fits for the pinnacle. These guys right. aren't like the no flips, just fist guys aren't, donning a fucking football gear here they're gonna be like get this shit out of my face or i will bash this helmet in your in your nose you know what i mean like and so and maybe we do that right yeah so and obviously they're very creative you know we got the damn dinner with chris jericho and mjf that i would have never booked in a million years or even thought of so i imagine they have some stuff ready it's just going to be interesting i'm more i'm more intrigued now by this match because the pinnacle's in it than if it was the elite versus inner circle part two, for example. So uh, we'll get that match at double or nothing. And then after uh, that announcement from MJF, we go into a backstage sit down interview with Jim Ross and the doctor, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. And essentially she just says, Hey, Sheeta, fuck you. <laughs> I'm beating you. And they showed earlier in the day that there was a, I believe it was for GQ or Forbes or one of those magazines. And they had Tony Khan and then some of the talent from AEW. And Britt Baker tells the photographer, hey, before we leave here, like get a shot with me in the belt because you're going to want some uh, active champions to be in your magazine and I'm going to be the champion. And that pisses off Sheeta and we get a pull apart. This is all great. Which is great though. I don't think I've seen anybody like do that as a thing. Like, like the idea of like, hey, I'm gonna go take the belt because like you're gonna want pictures of me because after I beat her, that's when you're gonna publish this. Yeah, and it'll it makes be outdated sense. if you don't. Right? Exactly. Right. And nobody's ever done that I, that I recall. I mean, I may you know fact check somebody tell us at right. table show if we're wrong, but so. This is, again, another great week for Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. And, again, she guaranteed a win at double or nothing, which is, you know, putting all the pressure on her. What Sheeta, though, homie, like, you got to stand up for yourself. You got to do something. I understand English is your second language, and that's totally fine. But you got to give me some type of Rocky Four montage training segment or something here to make me care that you're the champion and you're pissed off that this doctor, this dentist, is trying to take your fucking spot. That's the thing that I'm just not seeing anything from Sheeta, and that makes me a little sad. I mean, yeah. What would you do with her? What would you do with Sheeta? So it's all Dr. Britt Baker, right? Now it's time for Sheeta to say, I'm that bitch, which we'll get a little bit later from Jade Cargill. But it, it, it's Sheeta's turn. What are you doing with Sheeta? I'm really at a loss here for Sheeta because I just don't – it's like you said, she's done everything. I might go – you know, something they haven't done is is women's um, tag team route. Maybe you find somebody to kind of – Oh, you're – no, what I'm saying is, like, how do you get her a little bit of spotlight going into this double or nothing match? Oh, into this match? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Again, because it's all focused on Britt Baker. Yeah. I think you know the, what I would do. The only you know thing what I would you, do. Well, okay. So the only thing I can think of is like it. I think you said this last week. Like she's just got to get mean and be like, "I'm the one who beat all of you." 
you're bragging, you're boasting. And I ha- would have her like stalk Britt Baker around the place and just like, I mean, Molly Whopper everywhere she goes. She can't escape her all night being like, do it now. You say you're going to beat me. Do it now. You haven't beat me yet. Do it right here, right now today. And just have us like leaving next week being like, is she just like going to kill her? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think what would be fun as well is you bring in uh, the boogie woman of the AEW women's division, Thunder Rosa, and you tell you have Sheeta tell Britt Baker that leading up to this match, she's getting training from the NWA World's Women's World's Heavyweight Champion or Women's Champion. I don't think they'd say heavyweight, but the Women's Champion thunder rosa and thunder rosa is going to be in my corner and you just have Britt baker because again the story is Britt baker's but you got to have she to do something have she to have thunder rosa in her corner and that just messes with the psychology and the the mindset of Britt baker going into this match so that then thunder rosa is like we know how to beat you i beat you Sheet is going to beat you. And you're like, no, fuck it. I guarantee that I can't. I'm not going to lose, you know. And you just make it to where Sheeta with Thunder Rosa is this like, you know, it's time. Like, it, you know, it's time to lose. I beat you last year. I broke your nose. This girl put you through thumbtacks. Now that we're teaming together, you're fucked, pal. <laughs> you know, and then that's what I would do. But we need something from Sheeta leading into double or nothing. The current route right now. It's not looking good for her, but maybe that's what's planned. Let's get back into the ring. We get Thunder Rosa, as mentioned, uh, in a in an active squash match. I would call it. It yeah. wasn't a squash match, but it was. It was set a squash up match. Yeah, yeah. This is things they do on like dark and dark elevation. Mm-hmm. You know, um, where they're going to bring somebody on and kind of like. You know, it feels like a tryout that you're watching, which might very well be for a lot of some of these folks. But yeah, I just it, it kind of felt like that. It kind of felt like, all right, well, let's go get Thunder Rosa over, which is fine, except that like again, if we don't have an active story we're about to tell, hopefully we do. Um, I don't know. It was yeah, fine. it was fine. It was fine. It was good. I agree with you. It felt like a dark match because uh, for anyone who didn't watch this week's dark episode, the first match was a tag team match with Milk Chocolate. Black guy, white guy, love that name, taking on Eddie Kingston and John Moxley, and it was 30 seconds. It was legitimately 30 seconds. I don't know if that was needed. Anyhow, uh, we go backstage after Thunder Rosa picks up the victory, and Tony Schiavone is interviewing Jade Cargill. And I don't get this, Tim. I don't get this fucking story. She says again, I'm listening to offers. We saw that on, I think it was Dark Elevation, uh, some attorney guy walked out and was like, Hey, I can get you the money you need. Mark, and get Sterling. You Mark Sterling. Yeah. I can get you the money you need and the spot you need. Come, come listen to me. And so we fast forward to, to dynamite. She says, I'm listening to offers, but I handle my own business. And I just want to be like, okay. But like we get to the main event and guess who doesn't have a manager fucking Miro or Darby Allen. Now you could say sting is a manager, but like, Miro doesn't have a manager. You don't need a manager. What are we doing? Now, she is young and new to the industry. So, you know, no, the storyline could be that. that, like, you'll be better off with one. I understand that. But if she's saying I don't need one, then that's the end of the story. Yeah, it's like, well, yeah, we know you don't need one. We know it's not a requirement. Yeah, if she's saying 
something more to the effect of, hey, to get my brand to the next level, what I'm going to do is hire a manager, someone make me the best offer, that makes sense. But if you just say, I don't need a fucking manager, okay, let's okay. do something then. Bye. Great. Thanks. Keep going. Later. Just, I don't know. It's a good way to get her on television. It's a good way to make some interest and make her seem bigger than what she is, but it's not making sense. It's not making fucking sense. Let's get into the main what event. What about P.S. Hayes? <laughs> what about PSAs? God damn it. Let's get into the main event, though. It is main event time. Mm. The TNT champion, Darby Allen, with his father, Sting, taking on Miro. And for fuck sakes, this was physical. Let's give Darby Allen a month off because this poor bastard has been putting his body through all types of hell. But it starts off not well for Darby. Miro tries to murder this motherfucker before the bell rings and he is just putting the boots to him he's throwing them from left field to right field what a match what do you think this is the mirror we've been asking for though this is the mirror we've been asking for yeah. this Gosh. motherfucker is the scary guy who should have walked in saying i'm killing people yeah i mean he was Woo. throwing this guy around which again that is what darby allen is is the guy that gets thrown around and i mean we've seen a bunch of people throw him around but nobody throws somebody around like miro throws someone around and credits darby allen he does that suicide dive like it's a real suicide dive he bounced off of him <laughs> he had all the force he goes through from above and still, like, Miro had to sell like he was flying back and he still bounced off him. Like, the physics of that were just impossible. It was nuts. Yeah. But but credit to Darby <laughs> Allen for doing a suicide dive, not just, hey, I'm going to run and put my forearms on your collarbone and then land on my feet. It was no regard for human life. I don't care if I miss you. It was a you. flying hockey check. <laughs> it was yeah <laughs> it was incredible so a couple moments from this match yeah. that i want to talk about uh obviously that suicide dive was one of them but then the next moment that i want to talk about is we get this this little stare not stare down but we get this father-son moment if you want to call it that between sting and darby allen where sting tells darby allen like you cannot quit and darby looks to him as like all right i cannot quit like, motherfucker, you never faced Miro, all right? So no. Yeah, you get here and fucking face him. Yeah. One thing that I saw online that made me laugh is uh, Tony Schiavone says, yeah, you can't quit because Sting never quit. And uh, someone, you know, because wrestling's fun, but someone pointed out, hey, Sting cried about the NWO treating him like uh, a cast off, and then he never got his full revenge, and so then he just joins him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's another guy with the NWO who shouldn't have joined ever. But anyhow, uh, we get a good. I don't know if that's going to become something. What do you think? Do you think that becomes a Sting and Darby bond more together, or what was that? So before we get to that, Sting should never have been the NWO. He also should not have been in the Wolf Pack, which was supposed to be the cool guys. Yeah, of the NWO. Uh, anyway, that's like Shawn Michaels joining the NWO post. You know finding jesus um mm -hmm. which he did it wasn't which good did, which was a disappointment yeah uh, <laughs> can't 
can't be anyway all right anyway so yeah um yeah i don't know i keep thinking they're gonna go with a big time darby sting blow off so yeah we'll probably go down this road a little bit it maybe after this sting will be like you can come back from this and darby will be like dude can you like all right like this is done now and yeah we get that little bit of like what do you mean it's done mm-hmm. i'm here yeah. for you You're like yeah but don't be? I'm good. <laughs> yeah, like, well, can you be it, there for me? Because I don't want you here for me. It could be something to where how the Taz Darby Allen feud started, where Taz is like, I can, I can help you, and Darby's like, I'm fine. Maybe it gets into the, hey, you helped me enough. Now I want to do my own thing, and that becomes a feud. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about though is the finish. Miro chokes this fucking kid out and damn near breaks his back by pulling him and contorting his spine in different directions and to credit uh to credit darby allen he did not tap he passed out and we called the match we got the new tnt champion and new miro what do you think about the I new i love it i like it i you know darby allen has exceeded all my expectations while holding mm-hmm. this title mm-hmm. um has made me turn some on Darby Allen. I was kind of like, I don't like this guy. And then I'm like, this, this guy is good. And every time I see him, you know what I mean? Like, I think you could use some storytelling and promo work, obviously. But, like, man, he's unique in the ring and, and does something different every time we see him. So, um, you know, he's but. A, he, he's definitely a new star. That's yeah. what I would say. Yeah. Is he's, a, he's a guy that I don't know if we can put him in the championship title picture at the next pay-per-view after Double or Nothing. I'm not saying anything like that. Sure. But what I am saying is, when we started AEW, it was the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, Hangman Adam Page, maybe Pac, uh, Cody, right? And now we can throw Darby Allen's name in that, where it's like, yeah. you need to watch AEW for this guy. Yeah. So, I well, like that. Yes. And then as far as Miro's TNT champion, I think this is perfect, right? This oh. keeps him out of a world title picture for a while, but gets like this, like, he can still be crazy psycho Miro, but he can still be funny in ways and he can be like what are you gonna do about him the champ the champ's mm-hmm. here or whatever he wants to do right like I, it just it could be great yeah this oh be and tim we got some fun for miro right off the jump so he wins this championship and he holds it high and not a second to even wipe the sweat off of his brow Lance Archer comes out trying to be held back by Jake the Stank Roberts and we're getting some meat on meat action here and it's going to be Lance Archer everybody dies versus Miro I want to meat on meat action meat on yeah, meat okay, all right. Right, like yeah, that. that's you what know. that's what it's like yeah that's, that's what it's okay. like yeah. oh but I tell you what this this feels like I it's so incredible because both characters have this I'm willing to kill you or be killed to prove my point and that's interesting this feels like a cooler, realistic version, even though it's less real, of when The Undertaker saw Brock Lesnar and was like, you want to do this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. It, it, it feels like, you know, uh, hey, we're both going for the same spot, and I, it's mine. Like, you got you to step to this. The, the, the company isn't big enough for the two of us, so one of us has to go. And it's going to be you. And I'm excited. Now we got Lance Archer with a little bit of direction because he was kind of floundering there, helping Sting and Darby, but then kind of not because of the whole Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky thing. But now we got something to focus on for double or nothing. These two just psychopaths 
going into a ring together. It better be a no DQ match or the ref better just ECW rules. I'm like, ah, I'm not calling that shit. Uh, but even that, I, think, I don't think they have to even do that. I think just some outside throwing each other around stuff and get back in, like these two can still just brutally body each other all over the ring and just be like, I don't even think it needs to get like no DQ, you know, false count anywhere or anything like that. What I would do, what I would do is I'm going time limit draw, mm. double or nothing. Mm. They beat the shit out of each other to where time ran out. Then we do another match, make it a main event of dynamite. And it's a double count out. Like they can't get up from to or can't get they, to the ring in time. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Right. Then it goes to, and this is the blow off a last man standing match. Mm. It has to be, it, yeah. they talk about killing each other. Everybody dies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody dies. That, like, it can't just be I got a finisher and a one two three. It has to be a last man standing. We got to make an everybody dies match. Oh, that'd be so cool. What does everybody dies match be? It'd be a last man standing, yeah. but that's what we would just call it. But usually, it'd probably have to be multiple people. That's it. Like a well, yeah, yeah. You got three yeah. or four people, and then everybody dies match, and it's still a last man standing, but it's like like a fucking championship scramble. Have they ever done that before? I don't think so. Have they ever done a a multi-man? Last man standing? I don't think so. That would be a cool idea. Right? I don't think. Fact check me. I don't know if anybody's ever not done it. Right, yeah. Some independent and, you know, forgettable town in the USA. I don't recall ever seeing a triple threat last man standing. Could be onto something there. Throw in Darby. The everybody dies match. That'd be a fun fun match. You got a damn near kill for fucks. Yeah, I and like make that. it a championship scramble. So like <laughs> some guy, some guy gets to like you know you can't do that with a last man no. standing. It doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah. So going back to this, I think I'm so excited for the double or nothing match. It's gonna be great. Yeah. Oh god. I, if it, if they don't do the you know time limit draw like I want, I'm still gonna be happy, and I'm gonna be happy with a couple weeks that we have going into that match because oh my goodness, you're gonna see some power bombs and some physicality, and I'm all here for it. What we also got, though, from this main event was Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky attack Sting again from behind. So, looks like we took the belts off of Darby Allin so that Sting could do another tag match at a pay-per-view. And that's okay, I guess, because Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky need something to do. But eventually, I want to see Sting stand on his own, whether that's... Just I'm staying and I'm here for my one-offs or something. But I just don't yeah. want tag match Sting in in AEW. What is the deal? Yeah, why? Well, and I get if maybe okay, so Sting's gonna be in a multi-person match maybe for that reason. But like, why is Sting only hanging out with Darby Allen from like the beginning? We brought yeah, Sting there has- in. It was like so he could be Darby's long-lost dad. Yeah. I still think there's something there with Cody and Sting. If you remember, Sting cut that promo where he put his arm around Cody. And I was like, ah, old times, huh? Doesn't it feel like old times? And there was some tension, right? So I think down the road, we got to do Cody Sting. And I think that's going to happen eventually. But I need to see. There's a lot of interesting people in AEW right now who I feel like are in neutral. Sheeta's one. Hangman's one. 
and Sting is another. We can do a couple others, but Sting is another. Where, as I talk about, the most interesting characters, Chris Jericho being one of them, has an evolution, right? Five years ago, that Chris Jericho is not like this Chris Jericho back in black, right? So there, there needs to be something new with Sting. There needs to be something with Sheeta. And that's what I'm wanting from these characters is just I, tell me the next thing. I think you found your answer, Tom. Sting, Hangman, and Sheeta are in neutral. Faction, it's AW. Sting, Hangman, I mean, and Sheeta. Yeah, call them neutral. Yep. We're in neutral. What do we do? Yep. Not much. Nothing. <laughs> you like us, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Got yeah, a horse. Yeah, still... You want to come yeah. see the horse? Yeah. I got a bat. <laughs> yeah. Horse has got, got face paint. Sir. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> what do you guys do? Ah, not much, but you, not much. we like I you, drink. Right? He doesn't. Yeah. I, we don't understand I, her. Yeah. No, she, she hangs English. out. That's right. Yeah. She does. Yeah. She just speaks English. Hits a lot of people with kendos. Yeah, she really. So yeah, uh, that was uh, that was AEW Dynamite. Tim, she's our protection. That's he's like I yeah. drink, he prays. She, <laughs> she, she's our protection. Yeah. So what did you think of AEW Dynamite? What, what were your overall thoughts of this? Episode? I like AEW Dynamite. I think this is a solid A show. I think they averaged an A show, so I you know expected nothing less and and received nothing less. I thought it was good. Yeah, I like the in ring action. I thought as far as in ring action, it was one of their better episodes. And I enjoyed that a lot of moving parts are starting to go in motion with double or nothing. So now mm -hmm. we're starting to get the uh, John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, Young Bucks. Now we're getting Hangman and Brian Cage. So it's we were talking about this. It kind of looked like we were going to do that. But now we're getting it, you know, pen to paper, as they say. Now mm -hmm. we're starting to see the, the stories being told. So next week, I'm very excited. I'm I'm. Me too, yeah. Uh, anticipating some real fun stories being told. So that was AEW Dynamite. Tim, what do you got from the WWE side? Well, all right, let's go through the WWE side. Raw's terrible. It just doesn't get any better. Let me tell you, the best baker in America, whoo, so much drama. Oh, my goodness. They had they they're making pies that I've never even heard of. I had to Google some of these. It was like a shoestring Virginia uh, peach pie or something. Woo! It, oh my goodness, it was so elaborate, so thrilling. It was so much better than that fucking raw. What's happening on raw? Tell me what's happening on raw, Tim. So the only things I've written down is like they keep pushing that like they brought back Jinder Mahal. He's got two new guys with him, right? I saw they're, that they're tall mm -hmm. dudes. I think. He should still call them the Singh brothers. He should say, like, I put them through a strict training regimen and look at the results because I'm the best. And, I mean, meanwhile, they're like three and a half feet taller than the Singh brothers. But screw it. They're the Singh brothers, right? The I names, think right? you bring the Singh brothers in. I think mm. he has four people following him. Mm. That'd be good. Why not? Have a, yeah. Um, that one I don't hate. I don't hate. I think, you know, Jinder Mahal, I've always said, is better than people I think give him credit for, mm -hmm. uh, and he'll fit in fine. And, I mean, every, he seems to be committed to making himself better all the time, so maybe. I will say this about Raw, specifically. It, it, it's on SmackDown as well, but it, it feels more uh, noticeable on Raw, is credit to them for being an international show. So you have Drew McIntyre, you have Jinder Mahal, you have diversity in America with Bobby Lashley being a black guy as your champion. It's like, it feels like we're getting the world represented in Sheamus. Raw. 
Sheamus is there. Yeah, you got Matt Riddle as your pothead. He's rep- you know potheads are represented here. Uh, <laughs> so I uh, <laughs> I like that. I like that it feels that Raw has a full global roster. Now sure. it still sucks, but at least on paper, Jinder Mahal it's a has global something. Suck. Yeah, it's a global. It's like the Spread world. It it's evenly. like a real representation yeah. of the world. They yeah. find people from all over the world and give them shitty storylines. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like they're trying to book Braun Strowman strong, but I don't I don't think they're pulling that trigger and maybe having him man title. Ah, you were talking about earlier how Orange Cassidy he was, you know, had that momentum and all that uh shine to get to the top. And that's feel I feel the same way about Braun Strowman. Not as much cuz I feel like Orange Cassidy still has something that he can give us. But Braun Strowman, the what's the phrase? The 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 bloom is off the rose or whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. It yeah. just I feels that way with Good yeah. job. Look at me. Look at me reading yeah. books. Uh something like smell a kiss from a rose or something like that. Ooh, seal? Something. Yeah. Something. Seal. Anyhow, I just feel like the train oh, let's use this pun or this analogy here. Uh whatever the fuck it's called. You know the adjective? Mm-hmm. Um the train is left on Braun Strowman. Yeah. I don't know what we do with him. I don't like the military thing, like you said. I'm bored by him. He's boring. Uh, you know, Jeffrey Ross, the famous mm-hmm. roast comedian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw one time it was a bit. They were talking about the roast or something, and he's on a plane, and they start getting turbulence, and he, he like wakes up, and he was like, what the hell's going on? This plane is bumpier than Seal's face. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good joke. It's ah, a good joke. Damn. Um, yeah. Braun Strowman can. Uh, God, I just don't. One of those where should have had, should have been one of the top things that they just seemingly can't get out of their own way. Like they seem hell bent on doing sticky, gimmicky stuff all the time that it just ruins some of these characters. It feels like they have things that they want to do and they're making these characters that don't fit them fit into the things they want to do. That's what it feels like. There's no uniqueness from the talent. It's because the talent can be unique, but then you're going to conform to what we want. And what we want right now is a big power slam through a through the wall, which I follow him on Twitter. Somebody's so that's how I know this. Semi, God damn it. Well, that was kind of cool. But what I what I was getting at here is uh, I, I follow Monday Night Raw or WWE on Twitter, whatever it is, right? And Braun Strowman, I think how they ended was throwing Bobby Lashley through the wall. And they're like, incredible. How did this happen? It's like, it happens every fucking week. Every yeah, fucking week someone right, goes through that. Right. I just It's not a fucking thing anymore, guys. Yeah, they just, they literally, it feels like they roll into town, set up the big top, do the show, roll into the next, set up, do the show. And it's like, hey, you guys realize you're on TV here? Yeah. And we watched this last week. Mm-hmm. Like, I just yeah. don't. I don't get it. I think they've got too many irons in the fire, right? Another analogy that I think we fucking nailed. Yeah, um, analogies. That's what analogies, should be the title of this, right, uh, yeah. this episode. I was thinking, analogies. what about P.S. Hayes? I like what about um, P.S. Hayes. What about P.S. Hayes is much easier to make a thumbnail for. How about that? There you uh, go. <laughs> what about P.S. Hayes? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Analogies, though. I mean, we are hitting some analogies. Anyway. Yeah, they just they got so many things going on that I think it's too hard to fucking write for this shit now. And they're just like, yeah, that idea. And they forgot they just did that idea two weeks ago yeah. on the other show. It's just like yeah. this week alone was the week of multi-person tag matches. Mm-hmm. Every show had like two of them. 
There was like a three-woman tag, a five-man tag, all of it all over the place. I don't know. One shining spot is John Morrison leaning into Johnny Drip Drip. I love this character. I I don't mind. Like, he called himself the most moisty superstar uh, in WWE, Johnny Drip Drip. I forget. He was like, yeah, shouldn't you be drying off from all that <laughs> all that juice you got dripped? I like, and he's got drip, like, shaved into the side of his head. Like, like now he's got a mullet. Like, it's so great. I, I want more of this. I want him to go. Remember, like, the Johnny Nitro? and, and Oh, yeah. Some, huh? Oh, yeah. Huh? Uh, if anybody could pull this off, like this whole like insane TikToker, maybe YouTuber uh-huh. too into himself, and he's Johnny Drip Drip. I love it. So is he is he gonna turn on Miz? You think? I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, because like Damian Priest beat him up this week. So you know, hold on. Damian Priest is still wrestling Miz and Morrison. Why didn't they beat him? He beat him with the the Bunny Man, the bad at bunny, WrestleMania, who bad never bunny, seen yeah. Him. Yeah, which is fine because yeah, they course, sent him off. Star. They he's said a bigger he, well, star than yeah. Well, and they did the promo where Triple H handed him the keys to a truck or something. And he yeah. drove off, and so I get it. But like that means also then Damian Priest needs to do something different. What the fuck? Nope, he's gonna face Miz. And, and like the next pay per view, probably. I, yeah, oh. I don't know for sure. I don't fact check. Fuck that. Yuck. Um, they had a throwback SmackDown. Now, let's talk about SmackDown. I watch SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Let's not talk about all the other bullshit. The bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Well, let, let, hold on. Actually, you brought it up. The throwback SmackDown. Makes no fucking sense. They're throwing back to the 80s when SmackDown wasn't a fucking show. Right. Now, if you want to say this is a throwback WWE show, and happens to be a SmackDown episode, and you want to yep. name it something else, like how AW will have blood and guts, but it's AEW Dynamite, that would make sense. Hey, right. okay, you have the 80s. That's mm-hmm. fine. But when you say it's a throwback SmackDown episode and you bring back things that aren't SmackDown except for Teddy Long, makes no fucking sense. Which in Teddy Long stuff was fine, right? And he's like, and King Booker. And they're like, Corbin, it's King Corbin. He's like, that's what I said. <laughs> right? Like that kind of stuff is fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Here, here's, my, uh, here's my observation that I'm noticing when we get fun people coming into the world of WWE. And even bringing them back like Teddy Long. No one knows who anyone is right now. Yeah. And maybe that's a fucking indictment on yeah. the talent. Because it's like Bad Bunny comes in and he says, I love Stone Cold and I love The Rock. And I made a song about Booker T. And guess what? None of those three fucking people wrestle right now for the WWE. And then Teddy Long, and I know it was a little bit different because he was supposed to be silly, right? But it's like yeah. he doesn't know who King Booker is or King uh, Corbin is. And it's like. You're not putting your current talent over because all you're talking about is the yeah. old talent. Uh, one more thing before we get into the only real story uh, that yes. we want to talk about is there is another spot where uh, they're doing this big five-man tag, right? And it's it's you know, but Apollo's leading the other one, and so they do the old school five-on-five promos in the back, and Apollo Cruz is like, "We've got everybody's like, we've got my ancestral heritage." He's like, "We've got the power of whatever." He's like, "The, the you know, the power of Otis, the mental capacity of Chad Gable," and then there's Sami Zayn. He's like. Just kind of gestures at him, and he's like, and then we're going to go. <laughs> Same as he's like, what? Hey, man. Well, that yeah. was cool. That mm-hmm. felt like it was Survivor Series. Yes, it did feel like had, it. And credit to Apollo. Had, he was good at it. Yeah, and then you had uh, um, the Street Profits and Big E oh, yeah. and, and Kevin Owens, who kind of felt a little out of place. Yeah, but all fine. that was fun, and he even played into that, right? And then yeah. they overreacted to his, yeah. 
but it made me want to watch the match. Now mm-hmm. the match was what it was and that was fine. Nothing bad about it, but it wasn't nothing that I'm going to, I didn't text you and say, you got to see this match. You know what I'm saying? But do a little bit more of that. Lean into that. There is a reason why we like that stuff. If you're going to say throwback episodes, nah, maybe don't do that, but maybe bring back some throwback elements, do a survivor series type of uh, promo. If you're going to do multi-man matches. Yeah. That's the thing is like, chemistry between folks can start to build upon each other and that shows off rather than just apollo backstage staring at the camera you know what i mean like if we see him in his element he comes off way better or the stupid it was a one-on-one match now we're just gonna make this a tag team match because two guys came out here and did distractions two unrelated stories but both the heels are gonna be tag team it's like why would they like each other why would even the faces like each other and that's when, if you do the Survivor Series promo, you can say, like, this guy, I've rode the, you know, mm-hmm. all the towns to blah, blah, blah. And this guy, you know, like, okay, yeah. now it makes yeah. sense. Right. Yep. Um, okay. And the saga that makes SmackDown. And this is what makes it feel like an actual episodic program, right? It weaves in and out. It kind of guides the show. Is the Roman Reigns Uso saga. I love where they went with this. I love that Uso one is... Uh, which is great. Jay Uso, I, I think we may have to reclassify Jay. I think we used to call Jay Uso too. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe. Maybe he's. Jimmy's one. Maybe he's. Maybe Jimmy's two. Maybe, maybe Jimmy's two. Uh, but I like how Jimmy was like, hey, hold on, man. You ain't going to talk to me anyway. Nobody's bitch. Right? Like, I love where they went with all this. And I also love how they weave in and out the Seth Rollins Cesaro storyline out of this. I like how he's in there and he's like. Your family member, you and he was like, hey, listen, I'll take care of that. He was like, now I got to deal with your law. You know what I mean? Like, there's still the tension between them, but he's like, all right, well, fine. I will go handle this, but you handle yours. You know what I mean? Like, I like that because all the history there, it feels like a real life saga that we're watching here. It feels like the only thing that WWE is paying attention to. Yeah. I, it honestly. But what about does. PSAs? I think they said he's like. One of the guys like guiding the storyline. So maybe. Well, there you go. <laughs> what about PSAs? Well, PSAs <laughs> is doing something right. Because this is the only story I feel in WWE that has layers to it. Mm-hmm. To your point, we have on the surface Roman Reigns, his cousins, cousins getting head of the table. Right. Maybe but a then, family, right? <laughs> or yeah, whatever. But then yep. you peel back the layer and then you get Jimmy saying to Jay, hey, man. Let's go be tag team champs. Wouldn't that be fucking cool? Like, that's what we should be doing. And then Jay saying, like, I don't know, man. I don't know if that's my my goal now. You peel back the layer even more. Seth Rollins has a match cost, uh, loses a match because of one of the Usos. And so then he goes to Roman Reigns. It's like, hey, I remember that we were friends. Let's still stay friends. Or else I'm like, fuck up your cousins. And then Roman's like, chill. And then you get Cesaro in there. Cousins, like, right. <laughs> right yeah. And then you get Cesaro in there saying, like, I don't like any of the three of you, and I'm going to fuck you all up. And so this is the only story that has layers. I can't tell another story that has right. these uh, interesting peel-back layers. Everything else is just surface. Nia Jax slips on water. Fucking bullshit. Seamus is saying, nobody can beat me. Nobody, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's all that. It is literally all that. The RK yeah. bro is just... A yuck, yuck guy and a serious guy who just you know, a buddy I mean, cop couple, movie. right? Yeah, yeah, it's a buddy cop movie. It's right. Yeah. God damn it, that's good. That's good analogy, Tom. That's what it is, <laughs> and that's fine, and that's good. But they always do that. You know, we have this with Gold Dust and 
Booker T and Daniel Bryan and Kane and Kane and X-Pac and Rob Van Dam and Goldduster, whoever it was. Yeah, it was Kane and everybody. But then it was also, you know, Lance Storm with uh, Shane Helms or whatever. And so it's Mm -hmm. like we've seen a million of those. But this Roman Reigns thing. I even like at the very start when they uh, did a like a 10 count for Daniel Bryan's career. Thought that was cool. And then how he said Jimmy's going to take over the spot that Daniel Bryan had. Thought that was really cool. And then Cesaro looked like a million dollars taking all three of them out at the end of the show. Hot damn. Good job, guys. Good job. Over on the NXT side of things, um, we got Karrion Cross and Austin Theory in a match that was great. I loved all of this. I love the, the scared selling job from from Gargano and, and Theory and I like so Karrion Cross is destroying him the whole time you know what I mean and he's just like Austin Theory gets a few things in Gargano tries to help him cheat and whatnot but in the end Cross is literally choking him out just staring you know like laying on the ground just staring at Gargano who's like gulping oh it was great I love where they went with this and then of course afterwards you get Finn Balor shows up and he's like me and you hey man and so they're like right stare down so that ought to be fun yeah I, I wonder where the way is going to fit in to this story because I see them doing more and more with Karrion Cross, And I know obviously Austin theory just lost to Karrion Cross, So we, we've obviously acknowledged each other, right? Karrion Cross is aware of the way the way is obviously aware of Karrion Cross, but the, the guy here still is Finn Balor. So where does, does the way cost Karrion Cross the match? Or does it, or do they say, "Hey, Karrion, we want to be friends with you. We'll beat up Finn Balor for you." You know what I mean? Like, I'm interested to see where they fall into this storyline between the heel and the babyface, but the heel is beating them up. So that's interesting. I yeah, look, I don't think I would ever want to hang out with him because I feel like he would ask me about the Batman comic episode. 13 or whatever, which I don't give a shit about, but Bucky's entertaining. And that's great. Here's the thing. Like, this is where you separate the art from the artist and you just appreciate what the fuck they're doing. Again, I don't think I ever want to hang out with Johnny Gargano. Hope he comes on the show. Hey, by the way, QT Marshall. So sorry. We're up against the clock here. Yeah. I text him. I just text him. He's fine. Or I tweeted him. Sorry. Cause we're Twitter friends. Yeah. He loves our show. Uh, but cutie, you're the best, but uh, Johnny Gargano is just consistently him and Sami Zayn, I think are the most, the two of the most consistent pro wrestlers in all of pro wrestling. They can always make something out of nothing. I yeah. just, I think they're, I, I think the world of them, yeah, they're great. Um, Pete Dunn and Leon Ruff. So Pete Dunn is, is the shit. And, mm-hmm. and Leon Ruff is one of these who does. <laughs> Pete, Dunne. <laughs> Pete Dunne is the shit. So he comes out and he's like, he's like carrying cross. He's like, it should have been, you know what I mean? He's like, you're going to get Finn Balor in the match. He's like, should have been me. He's like, but I'm not surprised. Everybody knows I'm the baddest. And I beg anybody to say otherwise. And Leon Ruff comes up hitting him from behind. They match it. And Leon Ruff does. So, okay, the fast pace, the up, down, jump, got to hold your hand, blah, 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 blah. Like, he does that in a better way than I feel like the Young Bucks do in that, like, it's not just, like, always, like, I'm holding your hand while you're jumping around all over here. Like, he's he jumps up to the top. Dunn goes to get him. He jumps over to this other side of the rope. He then jumps down to the next rope when Dunn goes after him again, slides under him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of one of those – It's it feels more realistic, albeit there mm-hmm. is some of the flips and shit aspect of it. But There is, um, definitely. But Pete, that was a good match. 
Um, yeah, uh, Swerve Scott is yeah, got a new what faction about this? and a new attitude, and I like it. I don't know that I like the name Hit Row, but you know what are you gonna do? Um, I like the idea of this group. Uh, some of these people, I'm, I'm, you know what I mean. I'm a little unaccustomed to, so I'm, I'm excited to see well, where this goes. So tell me, uh, Hit Row, mm-hmm. and what I've seen the limited amount of times I have seen them on social media and stuff is it feels like they're almost like a rap group, not yeah. even like a wrestling crew. They yeah. almost feel like they're well, about so to make he's, music. He's been making his promos from a studio. Yeah. Has Swerve. And so, I, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like, are we going to get a performance out of them? Like, are we going to be like, you well, know they what? they did. So, we I mean, don't... yeah, it was, they were battle rapping, essentially. You know what I mean? When they were dissing these guys. And, and the well, what I'm saying like... is like at the next NXT TakeOver, let's fast mm-hmm. forward to when hopefully crowds are, are available, right, to, to be at these shows. You don't have them Pause. wrestle for a title. They do a performance yeah. instead. Is that like that what we're doing? I'm before we touch on that. I'm surprised if you would have at start a pandemic. If we would have bet on which company goes live yeah. band touring mm-hmm. first, yeah, I would have said WWE with all my In a money, heartbeat, all yeah. my money. I, I would have sold you my house, Tom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. That's anyway. interesting. That's an interesting. That's interesting. Now, ten, I mean, well, I mean, I guess AW did has been doing fans, kind of for a while longer. Too. Anyway, but um, yeah, man. Um, so, what do you think though with hit this row. hit row? Do you think like the 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 peak or the you know crescendo of hit row is a performance? Because I feel like they're more into well, music right now than get wrestling. That. I think we may get that, but uh, I mean, if the if the group goes well, it can only lead to good things. That like, I mean, an eventual split of the artists right like you had mm-hmm. with death row and stuff like that i mean oh. like it could go multiple ways right and if they're good which it seems like they might be good right they don't seem terrible you could have diss tracks instead of promos it's diss tracks where in you know the yeah. hip-hop cu- culture you don't do a promo on each other you write a song saying how the other one this sucks. feels a little more real in that like it feels like this this has the wwe like a little more hands-off approach to letting these artists as the wrestlers portray this kind of character the way that feels more real right like this isn't wwe gets a rap guy gimmick right like mm-hmm. this is more like these dudes are like we want to do like a world star type thing and they're like okay well i don't know what that is and they're like all right well let us do it yeah like, okay <laughs> right like it's yeah. not you like you said WWE's a lot of take. english words yeah you yeah. said a lot of english words that i don't know why you put them together but okay good luck right yeah that's that's where i feel with that um and then we had okay, so Kyle O'Reilly he's facing Oni Lorcan, and then they they get in this fight, and Bobby Fish comes out, and Bobby Fish helps him, and then they're kind of staring at each other, and, he, and Bobby Fish is just like, "Now nah, I get it, man. You got your thing going on." And he's like, "I got something I'm gonna handle too. Like we're good. Like I'll see you down the road." And they're like, "All right." And then that was kind of that. So, well, that's the end of Red Ragon for now. Well, is it? Oh, is it? Is it? Is the again, thing he has to do taking the, out the, the how's your father for Kyle O'Reilly? Because fuck you, never called me. Uh huh. See, where's the phone call? Red Dragon goes against each other, motherfucker, or whatever. You know what I mean? (laughs) The vid nineteen. Which, speaking of undisputed era, Mm. you know who we haven't seen? Mm -hmm. At least I didn't catch it. No, No. Uh, Roderick Strong. Roddy Strong, yeah. Remember, he put in his uh, notice and said, Mm -hmm. "I'm out." So, where does he? What do you think we do with him? It's interesting. We got a lot of people in NXT that Probably I feel like a whole we're lot of entertaining storylines with. Them. 
Well, yeah, it's the band that Charisma mm-hmm. forgot. Mm-hmm. But what I what I find interesting about NXT is we do have Finn, we do have Karrion Cross, right? We have the way, but I feel this is just my own uh, personal feeling when I watch the show is they have some cool shit ready, but they don't want to waste it on the Capitol Wrestling Center with. 15 fans they want to do it when capital wrestling center is full of people fans you know right. real actual fans because there's a lot of things where it's like well that's that could go somewhere and then the next week you go that could go somewhere we haven't too, got to that place of uh, so you know today is you know thursday night uh, the cdc today is recommended like drawing back indoor mask wearing and stuff. So, I mean, like, we're going to head that way soon, it sounds no. like. I mean, whether or not this is the right thing to do, notwithstanding. I saw a lot of cheaters out there. So, yeah. so but that's going to happen. So, I'm interested to see this Capital Wrestling Center with fans. Are they going to do that? Is that a thing? Yeah. Or do they go back to Full Sail and say, like, this is our home. We're coming back. I think they're full done with the Full Sail partnership. So, I don't think that's a thing either. Really? I think so. I think that's why they did this Capital Wrestling Center. Now, I don't know if their plan to, like, normally, I don't know if their plan was post-COVID, we'll have fans, and are they going to remove the the wall of videos? I kind of like the idea of, like, having fans in there and this wall of videos. Yeah, I, that, this that's is... going to be hard. Okay, side story. I'm working at home today. I'm mm-hmm. in the kitchen at the table working at home. My wife's mm-hmm. in, in her office over there working, and I she's got audio going of this meeting. And somebody they're like, tell us fun fact about yourself. And this lady's like, I've been on 10 TV shows um, this year. And people are like, what? She's like, yeah, kind of like just like an extra. She was like, she was like, uh, she was like, I went on this thing. Like this WWE does this thing where like you go on and you like go on this. And I'm like, perked. I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. This lady's doing the Thunderdome, right? And she says, and if you act all like super into it, she was like, they'll put you like right on the front. She's like, so I got to see myself a bunch of times. She goes, but then she goes, I got contacted for other shows to be on and do this like apparently they're like sharing your so she's been on like a couple other like these talk shows where they have folks so like they're like sharing the information i guess like you know what i mean like they're yeah and so she's like been doing yeah (laughs) it's fun and i was like we missed that we missed the boat on that (laughs) yeah we could have been there with like some spanish announce table who could have yucked it up better than Mm us yeah i god I got fan of the night at a TNA show. It. That's you how much I can yuck it. up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they could still do it, but uh, yeah, that's the thing is because you know, for example, whenever the Fiend comes back, a lot of his bells and whistles are based off the Thunderdome can go all black and we can put Let Me In everywhere. Yeah. What do we do going forward with that? So yeah, and not to like end with too much of a downer, but I guess the news has come out too that like the reason we haven't been seeing that is that he's been having mental health struggles with the loss of. Um, of John Huber. Uh, oh, uh, the real Bray, Bray White, whatever. Yeah. Is, mm-hmm. yeah. Rotunda, whatever. Which I guess, I mean, makes sense. And maybe kind of where I guess maybe I thought could only be happening. You know what I mean? Because we hadn't heard of an injury and it was timing. And I mean, that sucks. But I, I mean, I'm glad. I, I would be glad that like they're giving somebody the time needed. You what, know what I mean? Yeah. That's not typical mm-hmm. WWE, I think. Right? From history's well, and that past. Credits, well, and it's a character that you can do that too, right? Mm-hmm. It's the Undertaker thing where if Undertaker's hurt, whoa, whoa, he's disappearing, you know, things like that. Uh, speaking of the, the Fiend and me not watching Raw, what about Alexa Bliss? What's yeah, she, she shows up. So they're doing this, you know, big multi-woman's tag and everybody's out there and she shows up on the Shocker. stage and she's swinging and got the doll and she's laughing. She's like, we're here to watch someone and then giggle. So she's been like – hinting that like the doll has picked out somebody that she doesn't like 
You know what I mean? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The playground was out on the stage? Yep. During a match? Yep. And she's swinging and watching. And then after the match, she's just laughing at somebody. And, yeah. Okay. So then are we saying Alexa Bliss now has powers? Yes. And she can just have the playground appear everywhere yep. or while the match was going on, were they just so oblivious to men constructing well, a playground well, no, on the stage? Remember, like, you know, she did the thing with the bleeding. So yeah, she's got the dark. Is arts. that what she that is? Powers. Has that been explained? Nope. It's Fuck. all mind tricks. It's not really happening guys. you're seeing it, right? They're making you see it, right? That's the way I always admit, right? Like that's the idea is like, it's the head get like you like, you know what I mean? It's messing with your mind thinking stuff's there, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. What a weird payoff. Who so I you- think this is what, I think leading off that, I think this was their way to kind of carry on some of the character work that had been done with the Bray Wyatt thing, if Bray Wyatt really needed a break. And this is a good way, as you said, you could ease him back in off of this, but she can kind yeah. of carry the dark arts character for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and all is not lost. Interesting. Well, I tell you what, Tim, we're up on the top of the hour, so let's just wrap this shit up, yeah. pal. What was your final thoughts on the week of pro wrestling before we got to get out of here? AEW still does better stories. I mean, the Roman Reigns story is one of the best stories in wrestling. Yes, 100%. And I am excited. It's the best story, the- like, line, if you're going to tell me, like, long-term storyline, like, writing, right? It's the best written storyline outside of the ring material. Right. I think it's honestly so good that I it's one of the things that if I have someone who asks me, oh, you watch WWE, what's going on right now? I won't tell them anything like I'll just say or wrestling, you know, because they say WWE because that's what you know. It's like saying the NFL, but it's football, you know, Uh, but I would say like it's Roman. I feel like that's a strong enough story. You could show anyone that and at least they'd be invested through the segment, you know, so I think it's great uh excited for double or nothing now yeah I know, we're starting that road to double or nothing Woo. Yep. we got picks coming up we if you recall up. Mm. we started our picks on double or nothing and i lost and i had to do the hot sauce mm. Mm. so next time you're gonna do it well i'm not gonna lose so no i'm not <laughs> <laughs> we shall see i haven't lost one of these yet We've done two. <laughs> I still haven't lost any of them. God damn it. But what about P.S. Hayes? Has he lost any of them? All what right. about him? What about him? We are going to leave. Use hashtag tweet the table on Twitter. We got too busy. We couldn't even get QT Marshall on, so I'm sorry. We'll get to your tweet the tables next yeah, we week. Keep go. using them. We'll read the best ones right here on the show. Follow us on, on Twitter while you're at it, at Table Show. Go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net. There's the merch table link. There is a donate link. There is the podcast links. If you want to subscribe to the audio podcast, you can find the YouTube if you're only seeing this clip somehow on social media. And uh, we'll just leave you with that, right? What about, yeah, we're going to go. Yeah, what about PSAs? What about PSAs? The Spanish Announce Table.